You're listening to the Saturday Morning with Jack Tame podcast from Newstalk ZB. Right now it is quarter to 11 and time to catch up with our resident doctor, Dr. Brian Beatty. Kia ora, Brian. Oh, kia ora, Jack. Let's start off with the basics. What is a middle ear infection? Well, it's, it's one of the commonest infections we see in general practice, and it's an infection of the ear. Now, it's, it's, by school age, most children would have had an infection of the ear because it, it's, it's very, very common. It gets less as you get older. But in, in a middle ear infection, it's the air-filled space behind the eardrum. Now, this space contains all the vibrating bones with which we hear, and that's the area that gets infected, and it's very, very common, especially in young children. So what do you look out for if you're looking for symptoms? Well, look, generally these type of infections start with a cold or a flu. Now, there's a tube that drains this middle ear cavity uh, behind the eardrum, and it drains to the back of the throat. Now, when you get a flu or a cold, this becomes blocked, and often what we see happen is fluid starts to accumulate in this, this middle ear behind the eardrum. Right. And viruses or bacteria can crawl up and get into this area and it causes the infection. And so what we start to see, you may see a child who starts to get a temperature, complains of an earache, starts to get a headache, or may in fact get hearing trouble. Now, the thing about babies, and we've got to be very careful with babies, they can't tell you they've got an ear infection. So what you may see with a baby is they start to cry a lot, uh. maybe start to pull up the ears, stop feeding and get very irritable. Now, if you see that, you do need to see a doctor. It's really, really important to diagnose this. Okay. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, very, very important. And how does the doctor diagnose it? Well, look, we generally take a, a history, uh, do an examination, do the temperature, look at the child, see how they are, and we use use a magnifier called notoscope, and we look into the air and we can see the drum. Mm. So what we can see behind the drum is, has it got any fluid? Is it red? Is it bulging? Does it look infected? And we can make the diagnosis by doing that. How do you, how do you treat it? Well, look, the interesting thing is most middle ear infections will actually get better by themselves after about four days. So a lot of the infections are caused by viruses. You don't need antibiotics, but what you do need is things like paracetamol or brufen to control the symptoms, you know, to control the pain Mm -hmm. and the discomfort um, and lots lots of fluids. Now, where there's risks of complications or more severe disease, um, and we look for things like fever, vomiting, um, Māori and Pacific children are particularly at risk or underlying medical conditions, we will actually often use antibiotics um, to to clear the infection. So most don't need antibiotics, but some do, and it's important to get it checked. Are there any long-term concerns with middle ear infections? Like you say, they affect so many, you know, kids. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Look, so where we get recurrent infections... um, Children can develop this thing called glue ear. Yeah. Now, parents may have heard of that. Now, this is where the recurrent infection starts to cause this thick mucus behind the eardrum that actually won't clear. So it's like a, a, a syrup. And as a result of that, it interferes with hearing. Now, the problem with this with younger children in particular, if it's interfering with hearing, it can interfere with speech development. Right. And, and school and things like that. So that's quite a concern. So in those situations where we see that happening and we can see it starting to happen when we do the examination, we'll often um, refer you to an ear, nose and throat specialist who may insert what we call grommets, which are little tubes in the ear which drain the middle ear out yeah. and it cures the problem. So that's the thing we do look out for. Yeah, well, I've been, I've been delighting 
our listeners this morning, some of whom no doubt were having sort of you know late morning brunches this morning and found themselves put off their eggs Benedict a little bit with my various grommet stories. The Tame families were were, were, were big were a big one for grommets when I was a kid. So I think out of the four of us, three of us had grommets in the end, and um, I just remember it having a profound impact. And, and I think that was back in the day when, because you know, the, the, the application of grommets has changed, right? Well, when I was a kid, you had to go under for them. But I think these days, they can do it much more easily. It's, it's much less invasive than it was when I was a child. Yeah, look, it's a very straightforward procedure that's done, and it's, it, it is, is relatively straightforward. And as you quite rightly say, having been through it, it's, it's quite transformative when it yeah. actually occurs, and, and the difference is, is thing. And, and, you know, that ability to stop those those problems that happen with hearing and speech and development is so, so important. Yeah. So really, 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 really important to, to get on top of this. Fantastic. Hey, thanks so much, Brian. We'll put all of your tips and advice there up on the News Talk ZB website and catch you again very soon. Hey, thanks, Jack. That is Dr. Brian Beatty. For more from Saturday Morning with Jack Tame, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am Saturday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.